3: This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on v End, the Sports Betting Network.
4: What's going on, folks? Welcome to another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Appreciate you being with us on this Wednesday evening. We've got plenty to go over. We've got baseball pentathlon update. How about those A's coming through for us, keeping us alive in the hunt? Twins didn't do too well for us last night, but hey, we're looking to bounce back. Tonight's edition is a run line for VEASAN's baseball betting contest, so I'll tell you how I'm looking to bet that, as well as some of my other baseball plays. We've got two on the docket for this evening. That's how we'll kick off the show, but in terms of what else we got going on for the next 16 minutes, 15 minutes from now, Mike Palm, co-host of Odds On, the group that's actually in the lead for the pentathlon, uh, him alongside Amal Shaw, They've been doing very well. You know, Mike always does well, but he's been out on vacation. So, you know, you give a little more nod to all Shaw, but no, Mike's always awesome, and we're looking forward to getting him on the show. He'll give kind of their strategy they had today, how he would have bet it, and really just some of his overall baseball plays aside from the contest that he's looking forward to tonight. Plus, we'll talk about some of the bigger bets they took out there in Las Vegas at the Circus Sportsbook. So that will be with Mike in 15 minutes. Half hour from now, the Open Championship, baby. Dan Leach is giving us his top plays for the event. Man, I'm pumped for this one. I know Dan is, too. He's betting every golf tournament. And- especially the major. So it's the final one this year. And if we have some time, I'll squeeze in some of my bets. Again, I'm not a golf expert, so I just, you know, taking all kind of the uh, content that's been dished out here at VEASAN, grouping it together in what I think are some of the best plays. But more importantly, we'll get Dan's thoughts on that in 30 minutes. And then 45 from now, like we've been doing, our NFL preview continues on, and this time we will focus in on the NFC South. How about the Bucs and how about the Saints? Their odds to make the playoffs and their win totals. I'll hit on that toward the end of the show. But let's get into it, kicking things off with Beeson's Baseball Betting Pentathlon. Like I said last night, the Twins did not come through for us. We had to bet one favorite and one underdog. So we also used the Twins as the dandy's dime, so that was just ugly all around. A game that featured, what, like two or three rain delays? It was just brutal. But the Oakland A's somehow come through for us. Man, they were up 5-3 to three going into the ninth, and I'm like, there's no chance they hang on. And they end up blowing the lead. So then it goes into extras. They score one run. Then the Twins, or not the Twins, pardon me. I can't even remember. The Rangers ended up tying it up, right? And then they go into another. The A's couldn't get the run. And then somehow they limited Texas. And then they just broke the floodgates open. And Oakland somehow came through and kept us in the hunt. So while we're still hanging in there, and tonight's pick has to be a run line. Right? You could take the run in the hook, you could lay the run in the hook, and you could do alternate run lines. All those unique betting aspects involving a run line is available to you. But considering my record right now for the contest is 1-2, and two, I'm looking for more of a value play. And honestly, I thought I was going to have a good opportunity to find one, and I was struggling to really get a lot of conviction in one of these games. And then finally, I narrowed it down to this Toronto Blue Jays and Philadelphia Phillies matchup. And I had my pick solidified, and then I heard the news of the Blue Jays firing their coach, Charlie Montoyo. So that kind of throws a wrench into things. But, hey, maybe it could be for the side that I'm rooting for in a beneficial way, which actually is the team that will now have an interim manager. The Toronto Blue Jays, the team that did defeat the Phillies last night, 4-3. They're throwing out Ross Stripling on the bump, who's been pretty good for Toronto up to this point. He's 4-3 with a 3.34 ERA. He's also got a very good fit at 307, a 379 Sierra, and a walks and hits per innings pitched at one sixteen. So very solid numbers. He's got good numbers at home. He's actually been a little bit better on the road, but not by that much. And like I said, his numbers are respectable all around. What could concern you here is because if you're Toronto, aside from just all the background noise with your manager departing, is facing Zach Wheeler, who has been an absolute stud for the Phillies. Eight and four is his record up to this point. He's got a 246 ERA matching his FIP. He's got a 313 Sierra and a 105 on his whip. So, you're probably asking yourself, well, Dandy, why would you want to go against this guy? Well, when he does struggle, so to speak, relatively, right? Uh, his worst outings have come on the road. He's got a 366 ERA on the road compared to 162 at home. It's still pretty good on the road, don't get me wrong, but the splits are there. Now, Wheeler is 0-1 with a 6.97 ERA and two career starts versus Toronto, just to throw that out there. But more importantly, you look at the offense, and the batting splits favor the side of the home team, Toronto. Against righties, they have an OPS of 7.97 at home, against righties specifically. They got a BABIP of 3.17. They have a WOBA of 3.46, and then their weighted runs created plus is all the way up to 119. So very trustworthy numbers, you would think, with a side like Toronto. And as for the Phillies, look, they're pretty average against righties in general, but their numbers do take a slight dive when it's on the road against righties. And there they post a 691 OPS, 269 batting average of balls in play, 303 on their weighted on base average, and then a 93 WRC+. So those numbers not instilling too much confidence on the side of Philadelphia per se. If you're looking at the bullpen, yeah, Toronto's bullpen has been shaky. I don't like the idea of having to do a run line bet with Toronto when they have an untrustworthy bullpen. I get it. I understand. But what I'm hoping here is for Ross Dripling to just do well enough to keep Toronto in that game. And then hopefully the Blue Jays can come alive with those bats. Maybe that momentum of their Manager being fired sparks kind of a, hey, we got to turn it up now. They sent us a message. This is where we flip the script and hopefully they can attack tonight on the Phillies, a team that has struggled a little bit more so on the road against a Toronto team that can thrive at home in this particular setting. So when I was looking at it, the run line, because, well, right now, Toronto's minus 115 at Bet Rivers, Philadelphia's minus 103. Earlier in the day, we shop around for the best numbers and the minus one and a half on the run line or the Blue Jays, I saw it as high as plus 190. I thought that was some amazing value on this Toronto team that, again, before everything happened with the manager, but look, this is a team that, of course, has all the potential in the world with their offense, in a still solid pitcher in Ross Stripling. I get all the hoopla behind Zach Wheeler, but it's still a tough outing for him in this environment. And if Toronto wins, you know, we talk about winning games and that falling on one or, you know, more than one, when it happens more often than not, they're probably going to end up covering the run line. Knock on wood, of course, but that's my selection here. I'm going to go with the run line with a juicy prize that I think shouldn't have been that high. And that's where I'm going to take my flyer for the pentathlon. So give me Toronto on the run line minus one and a half at plus 190 for my contest pick. But not only am I using that for my pentathlon play, I also have a Dandy's Dimes in this game. But for the added security, like we talk about uh, plenty of times, instead of the run line with Toronto, for Dandy's Dime, my official play that I'm actually betting here is going to just be the Blue Jays on the money line, and I got them at minus 112. Now, you could get them minus 115, so I still recommend that angle tonight. And if the manager... Getting fired kind of scares you. I get it, but I still do like the matchup at the good bargain price here with Toronto. Minus 112 to minus 115 range. And heck, even if you still get that good value, I think it's around like plus 180 now for the run line. Yeah, I don't hate that idea as well. But I'm just playing the official play for a little bit more security with just a straight up money line. But for the contest, we're going with the Blue Jays minus one and a half at plus 190. So we're all on Team Toronto tonight. But I got one other play on the diamond, and this is going to be in our neck of the woods this evening at the Friendly Confines. The Cubbies looking to avenge their loss last night against the Red Hot Orioles, who, what, extend their winning streak to nine games now? They beat the Cubs last night 4-2 after they were trailing 2-0. Despite them being on a heater, the Cubs actually open up as the favorite tonight, minus 125. Baltimore opened at plus 108, and if you look at the lines, man, the momentum has gone all toward the Northsiders, up to minus 148 are the Cubbies as the home favorite. Baltimore now plus 123. Total open date still remains at eight. A little shade to the over, minus 110, nothing too crazy, but what you should know is that the wind is blowing in about nine miles per hour, so maybe not as high of a chance for a lot of runs in this uh, game's game action tonight i mean look like last night he was four to two itself and he probably had a better chance to get more runs last night than he do tonight because he got justin Steele on the bump for the cubbies who has actually been pretty solid especially at wrigley field where he's got a 314 era along with that he's got a 287 woba and a 358 FIP, so very efficient numbers for Steele when it comes to pitching at wrigley field overall on the year he's still got a good FIP, 342 and as Sierra's not terrible, a little concerning, four eleven, but uh, his WHIP is what scares you, one forty three. But he is two and zero with a two twelve ERA throughout his last six home starts. And to put a little bit more confidence in the side of Steele, Baltimore is a team that's really been struggling to hit southpaws. They got a 675 OPS, 291 BABIP, 298 WOBA, and a 91 WRC plus against lefties. So if there's a time for this Baltimore offense to struggle, definitely could be tonight. So that's probably the thought process of making the Cubs a favorite and the movement going that way. Plus, you're facing Spencer Watkins if you're the Cubbies, who's a righty, who the Cubs have hit pretty well against at home. And he's just 2-1 with a 415 ERA a 475, and it gets worse. A 538 Sierra, so he could be due for some tough outings coming up, and that could be tonight against the Cubbies. Like I said, a team who are hitting righties good at home with a 740 OPS, a 321 Babbitt, a 326 Woba, and then a 107 WRC plus. Remember, 100 is that uh, average number, and if you're above it, you're looking pretty good. So seven points above the average are the Cubs hitting righties at home. So then I'm like, do I really want to trust the Cubs here? They're up to minus 148. We know how abysmal their bullpen has been. I'm like, no, I'm not thinking that. And I would want to fade if I'm doing anything here walking. So I'm like, well, what about the Cubs' first five money line? That's kind of out of hand as well. I saw it as high as minus 150. And I'm not ready to fully invest in this Cubs team to do the Cubs' first five run line minus a half at even money. But I do think it could be a chance, because the wind's blowing in, for this to be a lower-scoring game. Both of these pitchers are under 10% with their home run-to-fly ball ratio, and guess what? Steele hasn't allowed a run in the first inning in all of his 10 home, uh, 10 home starts this year. Hopefully I don't jinx it, but folks, I'm going with the no run in the first inning for this game tonight, minus 106. Wind's blowing in. Offenses aren't the best in this particular split. you got to hope Baltimore can limit the Cubs, but that's my other bet tonight. No run in the first for Cubs and Orioles. More baseball with Mike Baum coming next.
3: This is Rush Hour on v Send, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Swing for the Fences on Rivers online sportsbook this week when you make a first-time deposit using code DERBY on the Baseball Home Run Derby. Signing up is super easy with the BetRivers Online Sportsbook app, or if you just go to BetRivers.com. You can deposit $100 to receive a free BetRivers bet for any home run hit, or deposit $250 and get the total home runs for the entire Derby as a free BetRivers bet. This offer is valid through July 18th, so download the BetRivers Online Sportsbook app today and use code DERBY when you make your first-time deposit. Visit BetRivers.com to see all the latest odds, boosts, and promotions running this baseball season. Bet with a winner. Bet with BetRivers. Rivers. Okay, well, speaking of baseball, it's an exciting time for us here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, as we have our baseball betting pentathlon going on right now. And we are honored to be joined by the man at the top of the list, that being Mike Palm. Him and Amal Shaw looking pretty good. The odds-on crew, like we said, 3-0 at the top. They're up 260 bucks and I'm sure they're pretty excited for tonight's games. Mike, thank you for being with us, my man. Uh, like I was saying off air, I was listening to your guys show a little bit today. And I know you were kind of contemplating a few games. But what ultimately went through your process of choosing your run line bet tonight? And then which uh, game ended up making the slate?
5: Well, you know, mall has been very good. As I was in California with the family um, it's been mostly his plays. We did agree on the dog yesterday with the uh, the Tigers and Bo Brisk. That was his Atlanta play with Strider that came through. And uh, yeah, I might have played the Mets Braves under on Monday. He went with the Cardinals Phillies under. Got there anyhow. Um, I know you you dug yourself a little hole with Big Daddy Lynn and the first five under there. You know, one of Danny, one of the most remarkable stories that will ever be written in the history of baseball. Is how Lance Lynn almost won a Cy Young award with one pitch. That, that's truly incredible. Now, uh, I'm all announced the play. You know, Scott Seidenberg from the Look Ahead hits the, the plus two hundred five on the reverse run line on the Mets today against Charlie Morton. So, you know, we're sitting at two hundred sixty. I think he's plus two hundred fifty two at three and one. So, we ultimately looked at a few games. I think the safest play probably is would have been the Yankees and Severino, um, but you got to lay a dollar fifty plus. There uh, at home to the reds they blow the game last night three nothing in the ninth give up four runs so you're coming off a loss with severino and against mike minor we even considered what yankees minus two and a half runs as an alternate run line today but the price was even money so really not enough of a delta between the minus 150 and and the even money so we passed on that i wanted them all to look at a couple long shot reverse run line plays uh, to try to really deliver a knockout punch maybe here. I know I know there'll be some juicy prices with props tomorrow, but I, I thought maybe you fade Gonsolin on the road in another tough spot for him. Uh, you get Wainwright in plus 250 with the cards, reverse run line at home, and maybe a, a regression game for Pablo Lopez. Pirates playing pretty good right now. JT Brubaker, the warden as I call him, really under the radar in his last six starts. You could have got the Pirates road team, nine at-bats guaranteed, reverse run line, uh, in Miami tonight at plus 250 as well. Ultimately, Amal was had a lot of conviction with his pick, which is smoking Joe Musgrove in the Padres to bounce back at Coors Field tonight. Musgrove has been good at Coors Field in his career, both with the Padres and the Pirates, uh, and dominant against Colorado this year. You know, I'm a little uh, apprehensive because Coors has really been a house of horrors for the Padres. But we rode with uh, Padres' run line on the road here, minus a run and a half at Coors tonight at even money.
4: Yeah, and now they're about minus 109 at Bed Rivers. I was kind of looking at that game as well, but it's really hard to go up against Joe Musgrove in any setting. And like you alluded to, I mean, he's had a lot of success at Coors Field. So, uh, yeah, you guys are rocking the Padres on the run line, even money. I got to ask you, did it ever kind of cross your mind? And I know you listed some other games, but – The Cubs and the Orioles, because I was just talking about this game, too. I mean, Baltimore's on such a high streak right now, and we all know it's really hard to trust this Cubs team, but the pitching matchup seems like it would favor the Cubbies tonight, and the market seems to be going in that direction. Did you almost contemplate looking at that value with Baltimore, potentially?
5: Yeah, um, we talked about it really as an afterthought, a second-tier game we looked at, and then we come and we saw two of the shows took the Cubs Minus a run and a half tonight. So that might not have been a bad position to be in, to be oppo uh, some of these. So really, the, the picks really center around a handful of games. Now, I see Mitch and Paul in at the, at the, at the wire here with uh, A's and Blackburn plus a half run first five here. Uh, I, I guess that's a run line play uh, from follow the money. But uh, uh, I also, you know, the other game I looked at was Wheeler uh, on the reverse run line for the Phillies in Toronto. But then the Montoya news comes out strange they would fire him today Uh, must be something going on behind the scenes but you know there's always seemingly that lift the team gets when they fire a manager although not the angels they didn't get that with joe madden uh but remember when uh the the maple Leafs fired babcock and so many of these teams when they fire a manager phillies with Girardi, they take off so we stayed away from that game but i mean wheeler's been as good as anybody those last two starts two consecutive shutouts
4: is there any other game, even aside from the contest that you ended up getting involved in, or maybe might end up putting a bet on tonight for the baseball slate?
5: I don't know. You know, if 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 your listeners listen to Gil Alexander on a numbers game, he he uh, postulated this morning about a game theory and knowing that Amal and I would not take the Angels on the run line because, as he put it, both of us are neither of us are the biggest Shohei fans in the world. I don't know, though. I mean, I thought about taking that play uh, simply because it seems like it just seems like he's destined to win all these games. Not that he isn't a terrific pitcher, but I mean, my goodness, Danny, he gets four inches on every side of the plate. He hops off the mound on every two-strike pitch. The umpires don't say anything to him. He goes every seven days, so he's always fresh. He pitched well against the Astros earlier this year. It's not that bad of a play, but But I don't really want to lay 170 or 175 there. I'll probably watch the game and see maybe if we get a better number on Shohei. Should the Astros maybe get a run-run lead early and get a near even money?
4: All right. Well, Mike, I know it's exciting times, obviously, when we got this contest and all baseball going on. But we got a big golf event coming up, the Open Championship. And uh, both of our producer, because Britton produces for you as well as me, and uh, he was telling me you guys have taken some big action as of late for the Open
5: Championship. Is that right? Well, we took some big bets on Tiger Woods. We took a a large, a five-figure bet at plus one hundred and ten. I mean, sorry, one hundred and ten to one, plus eleven thousand one hundred. That pays over two million, and then another bet at eighty-five to one on the adjusted odds. uh, That's uh, you know, so combined, our liability on Tiger right now is over four million, Danny. So, although we're big fans of Tiger Woods, not this weekend. It, it, I know this kind
4: of happens with every major event, but does it just get bigger and bigger the longer we go on with Tiger? Or is this kind of in the similar realm?
5: Well, this is the largest bets we've taken now to date. But yes, on these majors, everybody believes that he's going to pull magic out of the hat again, like a la the masters. Uh, interesting on the number to Mr. Make the Cut, you know, we're dealing a 10 cent line here. There's other shops in town in Vegas dealing a 70 cent line here. So, I mean, we, we set ourselves up for arbitrage here. You know, either way you're going to go because you certainly have, there's a locked in 30 cent profit you can make here if, if, if you arbitrage it against our numbers.
4: All right, Mike. Well, hey, we appreciate the insight. We're looking forward to it. And I know before we got to get you out of here, you and I both love some hockey and we've seen some transactions go on uh, through these summer months. So before we get you out of here, I got to get your thoughts on how about Jack Campbell going to the Oilers. What did you think about that?
5: I love it. I mean, I I was set to bet Colorado to win the West uh, because I think all the strongest competition is in the East. But this is a missing piece for the Oilers is to have a goaltender enough with the the Mike Smith and trying to resurrect Mike Smith. But Jack Campbell, look, Toronto felt they had an abundance here, you know, and and they could deal. They could deal Campbell. He's been terrific his first couple of years. I think this makes the Western Conference a whole lot more interesting. And um Maybe the Oilers the favorites for the Pacific Division. I know Calgary's the defending champs, and the, and the Knights will get a lot of love. But this is a whole added piece here for the Oilers.
4: Yeah, Edmonton right now, 17-1 to at Bet Rivers to win the Cup. We know all the offensive talent they have, and <laughs> clearly they've been missing that net minder. maybe Campbell can help them out. But, Mike, hey, we appreciate you making some time tonight. Best of luck with your contest pick and beyond that, my friend, and we'll look forward to catching up soon.
5: Thanks, Danny. Best of luck to you and your listeners. You got
4: it. Mike Palm, folks, at Mike Palm Circle, where you can follow him on Twitter. Make sure to catch him and Amal on Odds On here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And not only can you get a hold of them right now for a great offer, you can get a hold of all the content that VEASAN is offering to the end of July for only $19, folks, to get VEASAN's daily best bets, which includes Adam Burke's top plays in Major League Baseball, along with NFL preseason coverage premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR. So if you want the full Decent experience, which also features a daily Best Bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly that comes out on Wednesdays, that is today, folks. Use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost, once again, is just $19, and you can be a subscriber through July 31st. So check it out now at Decent.com slash summer. That's V-S-I-N dot slash summer. Coming up next, more preview of the Open Championship. Our guy Dan Leach gives out his top plays. And if we have some time, I'll try to squeeze in some of my own. But stick around. Should be fun. Hit the links next.
3: This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network.
4: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion, and for that to be centered around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philly. Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. So make sure you subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available and you will be set up with multiple episodes a week and great local sports betting content. Well, hey, speaking of great sports betting content, that's what we're getting into here on Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host. But the reason we're getting into it primarily is because our guest that is with us right now That being Dan Leach at Dan leach 971 on the tweets. He is the host of the Detroit City cast, and I know he is pumped not only because he's just got so many things to bet on like he typically does, but especially with the Open Championship. Dan, how are we feeling, partner?
3: Hip, hip, cheerio, Danny Burke, the namesake. Listen, I don't sleep much anyway, but I won't be sleeping much the next few days because we're getting, you know, Eastern time uh, around 1 a.m., We'll get the tee times going from St. Andrews, the, the birthplace of golf, 150 years celebrating, uh, you know, the Open Championship. So I'll be up all hours of the night. It's like what I do for the Australian Open, Danny. The, You know, the the service never stops. The fun never ends. And the squash never loses. Well, occasionally I do. But, yeah, I love I love this. I love any time you can bet on something, A, that I, you love, which I love betting on golf, but you can watch things at, like, 1, 2, 3, 4 a.m. because that's just the best thing ever, Danny.
4: Well, hey, Dan, obviously this is a fun tournament to get into, and it's so unique in itself with the Lynx style course and just golf and how it makes you kind of have to be more creative and think outside the box from a betting perspective. So how does all of that go in to you limiting some of these players who may thrive in this particular setting? Like what's your thought process for that?
3: Well, no, it's a, it's a great question. As we've talked on this, you know, show with you, and I talk on my show a lot about my strategies with golf. And to me, it's it is up there with horse racing as the most valuable and the most profitable things you could bet on. It gives you the most built-in value because you know you you get a guy that's fifty to one. You bet fifty bucks, you're winning twenty five hundred dollars. You do that a few times a year, you're going to be way way up based on your unit size. So to me, especially when it comes to the majors, I might add in a few more bets. I might take some first round leader bets. I might take some top fives, more top tens, and top twenties than I usually would on a on a regular weekend. But you look at the odds board and you look at guys like Rory McIlroy, who I love and has a great chance of winning. But to me, it's like, all right, are you taking Rory a 10 to 1? You know, are you putting a bunch of money on him, a two or three unit play? Or are you going to go five, six, seven, eight guys down? Because to me, very rarely do the, the favorites win this. And I'll give you a great example. The Masters, I know, much different field, much different course, but there hasn't been a favorite that's won the Masters, a betting favorite before the tournament since 2004 with Tiger Woods. This year, Scheffler was the fifth or sixth overall. I stayed away from Justin Thomas, John Rahm, the guys are at the top of the list, and you, you get a nice profit with Scotty Scheffler around 20 or so to one. I've done the same thing this time, and you also want to look at guys and how they're coming in with their course form. Xander Schalpe is playing great. I'm not taking him. I don't think he's gonna win again and, and go basically to, you know, three weeks and three wins in four weeks. He's 14 to one. The second favorite. John Rahm, Jordan Speed, 16 1, along with Matthew Fitzpatrick, who we had for the U.S. Open. Those guys, I mean, other than Fitzpatrick, the, the form is okay. Rahm has not been great. Speed's been up and down, obviously played well at times. I'm staying away from those guys. Scotty Scheffler, of course, able to win this thing. But i you know, he already won a major this year. It's very tough to win multiple majors in a year. My first play is, is Shane Lowry. Twenty to one. I got him at twenty-five to one. I know he's down to around twenty to one, where I still like him, and I feel like this he's going to eat up the par fours. He knows this course very well. He's played well there before, and this is kind of the style of golf that really fits him well. So I love Shane Lowry. I also have Shane Lowry to be the first round leader. He has a later tee time on Thursday. The weather should be fine. There could be maybe twenty-five hour gusts of wind. You got to watch the weather uh, in Scotland at St Andrews. But I'll tell you this: I think Shane Lowry is going to get off to a good start with that later tee time on Thursday uh, or Wednesday, you know, night here in the east of the. Uh, central time zone, and I think that Lowry has a great chance of winning this thing, Danny. And then I, I go to my man Tommy Fleetwood. I got him at 35 to 1. He's down to 28 to 1. I would still take him anything above 27 or so to 1. And this is this guy is as steady as they come. He tied 14th at the Masters. finished tied for 5th at the PGA. I know he missed the cut at the U.S. Open, but this is a guy that has 6 worldwide victories, rakes 15th in scoring average, ninth in strokes gained around the green, and 12th in sand saves, and he tied for 4th in the Scottish Open. If he had some more holes on Sunday, maybe things would have been different. And you're, you're getting a great value there, whether it's 27, 28 to 1, or like I got him at 35 to 1. And Tony Finau, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when he is going to win a major Finau, I got him at fifty to one. I know he's much lower now, uh, around thirty-five to forty to one. But I still like him around forty to one. He's never finished tied for lower than twenty-seventh, Danny. In five Open Championships, he's been on a hot streak, finished top fifteen in three of his past four tournaments. Only exception: to the U.S. Open, which is a much different condition than the than the Open Championship. You know his game's gonna play much better there. will eat up the par fours. He's thirteenth in strokes gained T to green, which is very important at St. Andrews, and he's hitting almost sixty-nine percent of his greens in regulation. Twenty-third overall on the PGA Tour. I love all three of those little wizards and I feel like we're going to cash our third major of the year Danny only one I did cash in was the PGA I had Zella Torres in a playoff but mm. Justin Thomas just too good uh,
4: I gotta ask you here what about a guy like Brooks Kepka? is this someone who we're just waiting to kind of break through once again is he someone you you stay away from because he's a household name to a lot of betters uh, what do you think when it comes to Brooks Kepka for this event
3: Danny, it's funny you bring up Brooks Kepka. I listen, I like to stay away from guys that have kind of been quiet, you know, for the last two, three months and live tour guys and stuff like that. But I do have a plan on Brooks Capka to be first round leader. I think Ka- Brooks versus Koepka will not win this tournament, but has a great chance to get up to a great start and plays well in these kind of conditions. Uh, wind won't bother him, you get him. I got him at forty-five to one to be the first round leader. He's, he's right around fifty or so to one. Uh, or I'm sorry, I got him at sixty-five to one to be the first round leader. He's right around fifty to one to win the tournament. So yeah, I think you've got. I mean, Dustin Johnson is another guy. That, I mean, I, I'm very anti Live Golf. I'll do respect to those of you that are big Live fans. I don't know how many there are out there, Danny. Uh, but, you know, DJ's a guy that actually could play really well here. I don't think he's going to win the tournament, but he's a value play at 33 to 1. Brooks Kepka, another one of those guys that kind of has been up and down, had some injury issues. You can't forget about a guy that was a major monster for like that three year period where he was basically winning a couple majors a year, it seemed like. And I think there's value on Kapka at 50 to 1. And definitely, I have a play on him, a unit play for first round leader around 65 to 1. I think those have gone down to closer to 55 to 1. But yeah, I have Lowry and him for a first round play uh, for first round leader. And then, I, of course, the three guys I mentioned, Finau, uh and uh, Tony uh, Tony out Shane Lowry, and Fleetwood for outrights play. Also, I have one other play that I have a half unit on, Danny Tyrell Hatton. I got him at forty five to one. He's down around forty to one. I think the course fits him as well. And he's played some solid golf the last couple of months. So Hatton's another guy that I like. And I know you you, you mentioned Danny, you got a couple guys who wanted to throw my way.
4: Yeah, so you know, I'm just gonna float him by you. And I'm not a big golf better. I only get involved when it's the majors and I if take If You see a lot Tiger Woods, I'm people. done with the show forever. No, no, trust me. I'm not taking Tiger Woods, alright? Uh, but I, I, you know, I, I take a lot of the information, of course, from all the talent here at VEASA and the Long Shots crew and people such as yourself, Dan, but basically what I narrowed it down to, to make it clean for the show, I've dabbled in other areas as well with some outrights, but I did Jordan Speed 16-1, just because I gotta always get involved with my guy Jordan Speed, and he's done fairly well here, right? Uh is 28-1, because I thought the value was pretty good. I don't actually expect him to win because he struggled late, as you alluded to but i like that value and i also took Zalatoris top 20 at plus 160 because he's always seeming to be in it and then your boy tony finau top 20 plus 175 those are are the ones i'm making like my top plays so uh, what do you think about those
3: Danny, I have no issue with all of them. Listen, Zeltor is my guy. I've taken him pretty much exclusively in the majors for a couple of years since i had him in the Masters last year when he could have won me a $5,000, out a $50 bet at 100 to one. But, you know, this time I'm not taking him because I don't think the, the Open Championship is the best spot for him to win his first major. But I, the value is fine, 28 to 1, 25 to 1. Jordan Spieth, he, he I just don't like his number, but it's not a bad play, Danny. I think sixteen to one is is it's just not a great number for Spieth, who obviously has played some really good golf at times, but I just don't know how he's going to you know translate that to what's going on with the wind at St. Andrews. He's had some rough times at the end of rounds, but he obviously has played pretty well for the better part of a couple months. But your top twenty plays with uh, Zalatoris and Tony Finau, absolutely love them. Zalatoris has finished top ten. In eight, no, I believe of was nine. Last, you know, he's played nine majors. I'm sorry, now it's nine of ten majors. He's finished in the top ten, so you're looking great with that. And I love Finau to be. I have a top five play on Finau's way as well. So for a guy that doesn't bet golf a, lot, golf a lot, Danny, you have. Uh, I'm going to give you an A, a solid A. <laughs> uh, your last time I'd start with a B, but it's Danny A. Burke today.
4: <laughs> hey i appreciate that dan and yeah i did take a little bit of a flyer kind of that half unit range with tony fee now so uh, i will be rooting heavily for him such as you will and dan i know you're going to be excited this whole week and i'm sure you'll be live betting it as well so we'll have to look forward to that with your updates on the city cast and on your twitter feed folks you can follow him at dan leach 971 dan you are the best thank you for making some time and best of luck
3: My honor. One quick baseball play. Go against the Blue Jays fired manager. Normally you take the Blue Jays, take the Phillies tonight. Give me Wheeler and the Phillies. Danny, I love you.
4: Ah, Dan Leach, you know, we had it. So we, we were doing so well, and then he went against our plate tonight. He just had to squeeze that in there. <laughs> we'll be buttonheads heads in that regard. But no, we love him at Dan Leech 971 where you follow him on Twitter. We will recap that baseball action next segment. But before we recap the action I got on the diamond, we had two plays, and then we had our pentathlon pick. We've got some NFC South division odds to preview, some win totals. How about the Bucks? How about the Saints? We'll keep on our National Football League preview here on Rush Out when we return for our final segment.
5: This is
3: rush hour on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Want more betting insights to help give you an edge? Well, check out Vison's Best Bets Podcast, where there you can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24-7 stream of Vison experts who are tracking line moves, odds, props, wins, losses, and bad beats from sportsbooks in Vegas, along with the entire country. So download the Vison Best Bets Podcast right now at vsin.com slash podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts available. Back at it. The show is rush hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for being with us on this Wednesday evening. You can always follow along on the tweets at Danny Burke5. As for Veson at Veson Live on the old Twitter machine all right we'll recap our danny's dimes momentarily but we got to continue with our nfl preview right we know it's the off season we're in the summer months but we're looking at all these futures bats these division odds win totals odds to make the playoffs etc and we've been rifling through the nfc and now we are going to move on to the nfc south so the current division odds stand as the bucks big shocker being the favorite minus 286 at Bet rivers Then come what I call the big question mark team, the New Orleans Saints at plus 380. Baker Mayfield and the Panthers at 10 to 1. Mariota and the Falcons all the way at the bottom at 22 to 1. But we're going to limit it tonight at least to the top two teams being Tampa Bay and New Orleans. And we'll start with Tampa Bay. Last year, finished 13-4. and Notable transactions, I guess you could say, losing Rob Gronkowski and picking up Akeem Hicks. Yeah, we'll see how big of an impact Akeem Hicks can have trying to get that ring before he uh, calls it a career, but yeah, we're hoping for success. Former Bear always loved him here in the Windy City. The odds to make the playoffs for Tampa Bay, the yes, minus 590, and the no is plus 420. But what we are more interested in is their win total. And 11.5 is the number at Bed Rivers. The overs plus one ten, and the under eleven in the hook is minus a buck thirty four. So, and I'm sure if you shop around, you can maybe get a flat eleven or a flat twelve with the adjusted odds. But again, make sure you're always shopping. All right, like we do, let's categorize it: winnable, losable, and toss up games. You're gonna have a lot of winnable games because you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so you will be a favorite in a majority of them. You would imagine, but you gotta go to week five till you really get a lockdown winnable game. And that's against Atlanta at home. Then week six, you're on the road against Pittsburgh. And I don't know, maybe Mitch Trubisky. We'll see who's going to be starting. Week seven at Carolina. You're going to Germany in week 10 to take on the Seahawks. Week 12, post-by-week at Cleveland against the Browns. Who the heck knows who's going to be their quarterback? Week 13, you get the Saints. you probably split with the Saints because you always struggle when you go to New Orleans. Week 17 versus Carolina, you should be able to handle the Panthers twice. Week 18 at Atlanta, Atlanta, I still put that as a winnable game. Usually I put the week 18s as a toss-up game for the favorites in the division because a lot of times they rest their starters, they have their position solidified, all of that type of stuff. But really, this Tampa Bay schedule, maybe not as easy in... Maybe doesn't set them up to be relaxed in Week 18, so they may have to try in my eyes, and they're going against Atlanta. So uh, I'll put that in the winnable column for Tampa Bay. Toss-up games. A lot of toss-up games. Actually, the remaining set of games I have not discussed go into the toss-up games category. I am putting no games in the losable games category for the Buccaneers, and I say that because, to me, there are no definitive losable games for Tampa Bay. Are there going to be any games where they're going to be an underdog as of this moment? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, could be what week one at Dallas. Now they're probably not going to be an underdog week three versus green Bay. Now probably not week four versus Kansas city. Maybe that could be the one where they're an underdog, depending on how they start. And then week nine versus the Rams deeper in the season. Maybe Los Angeles is looking great. And conversely, Tampa Bay isn't, but right now those at worst, I feel like would be around the pick price in my eyes, at least. So, No definitive losable games. I would put Kansas City in the Rams, if anything. But still, Tampa Bay is good enough to win against either of those teams. So that's why, at worst, it's in the toss-up category. So Week 1 at Dallas, first game of the year on the road. Still could be tough. I'll make that a toss-up game. Week 2 at New Orleans. Brady always seems to struggle there. I don't really think they're going to lose, but still 50-50 because of that. Week 3 versus Green Bay, only a toss-up because he got Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers struggles in Florida for whatever reason. Week four versus Kansas City, as we mentioned. Week eight versus Baltimore Ravens, if they can stay healthy, will be a very tough out. Week nine versus the Rams, yeah, it's a revenge game for you from the postseason. And you get them at home, but it's still the Rams, tough game. Week 14 at San Francisco, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady going back to San Francisco, right, where he grew up, and Trey Lance, we don't trust him. Tampa Bay probably wins that game, but it's later in the season, and they still have a really good team aside from Trey Lance, who is unproven week 15 versus the Bengals. You get them at home, but the Bengals if they're still rolling like they were last year will be a tough team to overcome. Then week 16 at Arizona. That's one you probably win, but again, if they can stay healthy, they got DeHop back by then and they need it to help them in the playoffs. Um yeah, that's more of a toss-up game. But my projection for Tampa Bay, I'm putting them at 11 and 6. And just because there are no losable games doesn't mean I think it'll be an easy year. I just told you there's a lot of toss-up games there that could really go either way. It's a very tough schedule with some unknown opponents like the Saints, who I'm not really sure what to expect, a team like the Cardinals perhaps, and heck, who knows how the Bengals are going to be week 15, and... Really, I just don't think they're going to be an underdog in that many games with the exception maybe Kansas City and maybe the Rams. But it's a very tough schedule for Tampa Bay. But at least you get a lot of your tougher games at home. Being Kansas City and Los Angeles are a big help with that. Green Bay as well. Dallas, who the heck knows if you can put any stock into them for week one. So yeah, I'll play it a little bit safer and not be too bullish on Tampa Bay and put them at 11 and six. Now, I may be more on the negative thought process for them, but again, their win total was at 11 and a half, and the juice was on the under. So maybe not as much dominance in a division that could take a slight step forward, well, at least maybe the Saints could. That's right Tampa Bay. Not enough to warrant a bet. but maybe one could be warranted for the Saints here. I mean, a team that finished nine and eight last year. they pick up Jarvis Lantry. Honey Badger, Tyran Matthew. They drafted Chris Olave from Ohio State and Trevor Penning to help out the offensive line. I still think they're a notable tight end away to have a complete offense and also a quarterback that's just not all over the place in Jameis Winston. Their odds to make the playoffs, very tempting. Yes, plus 125, no, minus 152. Their win total's at eight and a half. The over's plus 103 and the under is minus 125. Now, if you do have some confidence in the Saints team, but you don't like the hook, You could shop around and find over eight at the price of minus 135. But let's look into their schedule. The winnable games, in my eyes for the Saints, consist of week one at Atlanta, week three at Carolina, week five versus Seattle, week 10 at Pittsburgh against the Steelers, week 15 post bye week, you get the Falcons at home, week 16 at Cleveland, we don't know what to expect out of the Browns, and then week 18, you're probably fighting for your playoff lives at home versus the Panthers. Right there, you got about seven winnable games. Losable games. Week 2 versus Tampa Bay. Week 6 versus Cincinnati. Week 7 in the desert against the Cardinals. Week 9 versus the Ravens to get them at home, but again, we're expecting big things out of Baltimore. Same goes for the Rams. That's week 11 You get them at home, but it's still the Rams. Week 12 at San Francisco and week 13 at Tampa Bay. All right, so there you go. You got seven losable games just as you do winnable, which leads us three toss-up games, one being week four versus Minnesota. Now, I am very high on Minnesota. We took their over for the win total. I think they'll be a really strong team, but this is an international game in London, kind of changes things, right? I do think Minnesota is the better team, but again, that makes it a little wishy-washy. Week eight, you get the Raiders at home, but it's going to be a tougher Raiders team. They're in a very dominant division, They need to take advantage of these outside games as much as they can. You do get them at home. The Raiders, you could argue, are the better team than the Saints. So that'll be tough. Then Week 17 at Philly. Again, I'm not the highest on the Eagles, but going to Philly in a team that also may be fighting for their playoff lives, that seems like a toss-up to me. But honestly, I'm going to put them at nine and eight. And I kept saying this is a question mark team to me. But the more I looked at the roster and their schedule, I think they can make the playoffs here. And I think they can get over their win total of eight and a half. And I don't hate the idea of getting plus money or even getting the flat number of eight and laying a price to do so. They have the talent right there to win double digit games. It's just can you get Jameis Winston to be a consistent, trustworthy leader at the quarterback position? Right? If he can be serviceable and not a turnover machine, they could actually win the division. I don't think it'd shock me based on Tampa Bay's schedule. I'm not saying I'm betting it, but it wouldn't be the most appalling thing to occur in the NFL. The new coaching staff is going to be something we got to keep an eye out for, but the familiarity is there with Dennis Allen being their defensive coordinator since 2015. Now he's coming into the mix. How will that transition go? Probably more smoothly than some other transitions in the National Football League. This one I'm going to keep an eye on. I think I might come back to this once we conclude all of them and take a gander at that over 8-135 because the Saints could be that sneaky, dangerous team this year with the weapons they added, but it all depends on what we can expect out of Jameis Winston. All right, that's a look at at those top two teams. We'll talk about the bottom two tomorrow. But before we head out of here, folks, let me tell you once again what we got rocking for our bets. Blue Jays on the money line, minus 112. Our pentathlon pick was a run line, plus 190. But our official Dandy's Dime is the money line for Toronto, minus 112. We took a no run in the first inning for the Cubs and the Orioles, minus 106. For the Open Championship bets, just kind of throwing some out there. I had Speed 16-1, Zalatoris 28-1. Zalatoris top 20 at plus 160, and Tony Pena top 20 plus 175. Best of luck, folks. We'll catch you again tomorrow here on Rush Hour.
0: Zumo Play.